Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. People pleasing. I know in my own life, I used to live as if the way to make a decision was almost like I had this permission note and I would need you to sign it. And then I would need someone else to sign it. And then I would need someone else to sign it. And we have Laura Scrow. She is a licensed psychotherapist practicing in LA, California. And she's passionate about stories. She believes in all aspects of inclusive wellness. So we are already in good company. And I think she's also a recovering people pleaser. Hello, Laura. How are you? Hello. I can confirm that I am a recovering people pleaser. (laughs) So we're just going to dive into it. I'm too Doing well, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So did you, do you know what that means? Like that whole, like, like as if you have a permission. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, I I know a lot of people struggle with like enough of a decision paralysis, just trying to figure out what the next move is. But when you add that layer of like, okay, wait, am I allowed to do this? Is this going to anger anyone? Is this going to upset anyone? Then you're just going down that spiral of like, oh gosh, I don't even know what my own agency feels like anymore. Absolutely. And, um, one of the things I do within my coaching, it's a Brene Brown technique. I can totally not take any credit for this whatsoever, but she has people <laughs> write themselves permission notes, right? Yes. It's like, Dear Sarah, I give you permission to stop being a pushover. Love Sarah or you know, whatever totally. it is. Um, yeah. Have you ever done that? I, you know, I, I love that idea. Um, I haven't come across that. I have not caught up with all of Brene's Brown, Brene Brown's works, but um, I love that so much because that is really where it comes from, right? It has to come within ourselves because if we're constantly waiting for that permission from everybody else, there's so much that we're going to miss out on. And, you know, the way that that even ties into boundaries is like, you, the fear of upsetting people if you start to set them. And so the, the truth is you might, right? You might upset people if you start to set boundaries. So you have to be okay with getting that from within yourself. So I love that because very often, I mean, all the time, I'll have people say, oh, I came and I did what I was supposed to. And I set boundaries and then they got upset. And I was like, <laughs> yes, taking advantage of you or they yeah. were convenienced by your boldness or right especially if someone is used to having access to you in a certain way already and then you know we we are all allowed to change and grow and evolve and so if one day we decide that we want to limit that access or change what access we give which we're totally allowed to do right but if someone's used to that other way they're probably going to be upset or they're going to be defensive or they're going to be curious about it. And so it's, it's really not about avoiding upsetting other people, but learning how to deal with it if that happens and not taking responsibility for that if that happens. Well, I, when I was in high school, I had a, a boyfriend who actually like, I mean, it, it ended badly. He started dating my best friends. Like, Ooh, that is not um, according to code. <laughs> It did not end well, but he was a real gift to me, I think, during high school because it was a pretty low drama relationship other than the ending, you know, and I think it saved me from a lot of like breaking up and so-and-so likes me and getting back, yeah. you know, it was, it was a good thing. Now that I, now that I look back many years later, <laughs> that long-term boyfriend was actually kind of a good thing for me, which I don't know how many people would say that, but we took swing dancing lessons, right? Oh, that's fun. So, 
right? And he would like pick me up and like swing me and all these things. But we kind of knew the steps, right? So we didn't run into each other because we both Mm -hmm. knew what was supposed to do. We both knew what this was supposed to do. And when you start to set boundaries, if you've not had any, you kind of change the steps and your feet. Totally. Each other, run into each other. And it's like, what? I didn't think that was supposed to happen. Right. And they didn't change what you're doing. So they think it's your fault. Right. And it it totally is related to expectations, right? So we base our expectations of what we can reasonably expect to happen in any situation based on our experiences. So if we have a certain experience where we're used to the steps being a certain way, and then someone comes in and changes that, it can be jarring, right? It can totally require adjustment or or adaptation time. But the thing is, is are you going to adapt to that? And if someone's showing that they're not going to, then do they really have your best interest in mind? You know, do they really care about your wellness? And so like, it's, it's about being flexible in that way where maybe you're deciding, okay, I can allow per- this person space to adapt to these boundaries I'm setting, but ultimately if they're invested in you, they will adapt. And if they don't, that's not the person you should be swing dancing with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So swing dancing through life. Um, but it really is interesting because it's like, I like saying things out loud that we don't normally say out loud, you know, and when it's kind of like, okay, so the rules of our relationship are we get along just fine as long as I do what you want, or as long mm-hmm. as I don't have needs, or as long as I don't. Right. Anything. Is that how this relationship works? Right, right. And I mean, that's something actually that a lot of clients come to me with is, you know, like, I really want them to like me. So I feel like I need to do X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, if you do X, Y, Z, which is not something that's based on your values, right, but it's something that's maybe based on theirs or something you're doing to accommodate them. Is that person really going to like the authentic you anyway, if you're not even being your authentic self, right? So it's like, you're kind of setting yourself up to be in the situation. And it's common, we all struggle with it. But you're setting yourself up to be in the situation where like, you're forming a relationship that's not based on what you need or who you are or who you want to be or the, the, the relationship you want to create. It's based on something that requires you to make yourself smaller. And that's never going to be, you know, a fulfilling or satisfying relationship in the long term. Boundaries actually create space for us to care for others and to be with others, even though people who don't respond super well to our boundaries might interpret it a little bit differently. Well, and you've talked about identity in your work, right? Yes. If we're people pleasers, almost shapeshifters, right? It's like, I'll be ice today. I'll be water in a vase today. I'll be water in a glass today. I'll yeah, be totally chameleon. Tomorrow, right? And it's, for, for me, I think about it, it's like fire can cook our food, warm us and save our lives or burn our house down, right? Yeah. Fire is not the problem. It's, it's you know, where we are using it. So Absolutely. there's certain pieces of being a chameleon or shapeshifter or, you know, being flexible that can be really good. It's like, and as an entrepreneur, it's like, sometimes I have to do this and sometimes I do this. Totally, like, yeah. But it's kind of like the fire. It's like, it can either be great or dangerous. And when it yeah. takes the terms of people pleasing, it becomes dangerous. Yeah, because what what we're looking at is a relationship maybe where we can think of it as kind of like on a scale, right? And so if you have one side of the scale that's super weighed down and the other side is just flying up in the air, like it's not equitable. And and it's not going to be equitable if you're not putting, if you're not feeling empowered to put in those boundaries or to express your needs, because that's really what this is about, right? Boundaries are about needs. People pleasing is about meeting other people's needs at the expense of your own. And so you're really wanting a relationship where that, that scale isn't tipped out of balance, that it's really 
equitable. And that has to come from you being able to express what you need and, and hold to that and really enforce that. So I have an exercise that my clients do. And it says why I have permission to have wants and needs. Mm-hmm. And it is such a hard exercise for them, right? Because they're supposed to say 50 reasons, right? It's like 50 reasons it's okay for you to be a human. Like that's all it is. Like, yeah, and most people be- struggle to come up with five. Yes, yes. But if I said, you know, what are 50 reasons my daughter has the right to be a yes. human? 50, 100, 200. 100%. Right? That's so similar to something I use in my practice, actually, a lot and and for a lot of different things where if someone is maybe speaking unkindly to themselves or they're struggling in that shame cycle or they're, you know, doing exactly this and they're not feeling empowered to set their own needs. Right. Um, What I do is ask them, what would you say to your daughter or your best friend or your partner or your most cherished loved one? Right. You wouldn't want them to deprive themselves of the things that fulfill them. So why? Are you treating yourself that way? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go really harsh right now for our listeners. So sometimes when I see moms do this with kids and it's like, they are like, okay, I'm not allowed to have wants, needs or desires because, you know, it's all about my kids. And I say, oh, awesome. So at what age does your daughter retire? Does she uh, retire? Because she must, you know, have to expire at some point. Like, when does she retire being a human? Is it at 20? Is it when she gets married? Is it when she has kids? Like, because if you retired from being a human, yeah, he has to retire. Or, oh, awesome. So are you going to warn your son's wife that the expectation is that she's no longer a human? <laughs> she That'll kidding. go over well. Over that. Yeah. You know, when I say it that way, people are like, oh, I didn't, you know, but it's like, what are we saying without saying it? Right. What are you modeling, right? Especially for kids who are sponges. So it's like, if you're modeling to your child or anybody in your life that like, oh, my needs don't matter because I have to take care of you in time, that's going to be repeated if it's not unlearned. And it reminds me too, of when you're on an airplane and everyone's heard that safety demo so many times of put on your own oxygen mask before you put on someone else's that that's exactly what boundaries are. That's exactly what the work of dismantling people pleasing is because if you're constantly trying to help others or or pour into someone else's cup and yours is empty you've got nothing to give and that's how resentment builds that's how unsatisfying relationships get out of hand and never get addressed and and so you have to take care of yourself that's actually an act of not only self-love but the love that you have for other people because without that you can't love other people fully well it ends up often turning into passive aggressive behavior. Ah, The resentment that builds up. Yeah. Right. You know, um, and there has to be an outlet, right? I'm not, uh, these are all very new conversations, you know, and I do want to remind our listeners, you know, the term people pleasing, I'm not sure exactly when it came into being, but it was 500 years ago, I assure you, right? Like that was, it blew up recently. It blew up recently, you know, and even the conversation around boundaries and all that kind of stuff like that is such a new piece of humanity. Um, So we're all learning how to swing dance, you know, we're all kind of in this new step of like, because, you know, I mean, women who are alive today, I think, had times where they were not allowed to have credit cards. Yes, I think it was the 70s. Or, well, you couldn't open a bank account until the 70s. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Right? So, you know, for me to have like, you know, my family should have modeled boundaries better. My grandmother should have had better boundaries. I mean, she couldn't have a bank account. 
Right. And that's, that's what this is. You know, people ask me like on the daily, where does people pleasing come from? And it can come from a variety of places, but so often it comes in trauma, right? Mm -hmm. Being taught that maybe having feelings or boundaries or needs wasn't safe or acceptable, or maybe it's that you didn't even know what that word was until you reached adulthood because it just wasn't even a thing in your, in your environment that you grew up in. Um, Maybe, you know, you witnessed toxic relationships and so it wasn't safe to express yourself, whatever the case may be. So often it kind of does come back to that where for so many generations, especially of women and other marginalized communities, it's been survival, right? Because Mm -hmm you kind of are choosing, am I, it's a protective mechanism is really what it is. Um, So now, you know, as we're becoming more empowered as a people, it's like we're protecting ourselves against, you know, maybe someone not liking us. And so it is about that decision-making of like, is this a hill I need to die on or is this okay for me to do? But so it does come from that place of, of self-preservation. It can come from anxiety. It can come from all these different things. Thank you so much to all of you who have left reviews. I am so grateful to you uh, for your honesty, right? Uh, I don't pay for reviews. I don't usually ask people to do reviews, but it lets other women know they're in the right place. It lets other people know like, oh my gosh, this can really help me. We're all busy. None of us want to waste our time. And I never want to be a waste of your time. So when you leave a review, either for the book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof, or the podcast, and yes, you can leave reviews anonymously. You can always search uh, Google if you don't know how to do that. But when you leave a review, even if it's anonymous, it it's telling other people, it's leaving a path for them so they know where to find information that can actually change their life and not waste their time. So thank you so much for those of you who have already left a review. And thank you for those who are going to leave a review and pay it forward and give back to the world to help other people become toxic person proof. And I think about the term of like a goldfish swimming in its own water, mm-hmm. you know, until we started putting labels, like sticky notes, like this is what that is. This is what that is. This is what yeah. that is. Like, until we started doing that. We were just all goldfish swimming in the water. And like people pleasing was like just grandma's personality or auntie's mm-hmm. personality or my personality. Right. I mean, or, maybe we didn't even use the term personality. I mean, yeah. I just expected potentially part of a, of a gender norm, you know, yes. in a lot of cases. So just a lot there, or even thinking about like the parent child dynamic where it's like children aren't allowed to have needs, right? They have to sit and be good and do what they're told. And, you know, even until very recently, a child acting out was perceived as like, what's wrong with this kid? They need to be disciplined. When now we know from research that that's just that child trying to express themselves when they don't have the vocabulary, their language to do it. And so our understanding of having needs and and being able to actually like fulfill them and get them met by other people is relatively new as a concept, unfortunately. Unfortunately. And we are the advocates here. You know, we're the warriors yes. in all life. Yes. <laughs> um, and you talked about decision-making. You, you know, I'm obsessed with decision-making and I want to go back again. I know I keep saying it, but that piece in your bio, like identity, mm-hmm. identity who are you? If your only strategy is let me figure out what everybody else thinks I should do. No wonder you have trouble making a decision. If yes. you say, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I like. I don't know what my favorite movie is. I don't know anything about me. Also, I can yeah. see where there are trouble making decisions. 
It's so funny that you brought that up because almost verbatim what you just said, I have a reel on my Instagram account that like literally says that because it, it's totally related of just if you don't have that strong foundation and and a lot of the times, you know, figuring out who we are is a lifelong journey and, and developing our identity can be a long-term thing. But, you know, there's a difference between kind of being on that path of lifelong exploration and wanting to get to know yourself better than just kind of pushing your own identity away in order to continue to appease people. Very different things, right? And so for me, a lot of the time in my work, it comes back to like starting with values, like figuring out at the very core of it, what are the things that you find are important to you? And even evaluating from there, like, are they important to me because I feel like they should be? because there's a should associated with it, because society says so, or is it truly because I haven't a vested interest in it? There's no right or wrong way to develop your values. It's just important to to know kind of where they come from. And then from there, we can start making decisions based on that value system. Mm -hmm. And in our strengths, right? Like I know, you know, to say, oh, Sarah's good at talking. You know, people have said that all these years. I was like, I'm good at public speaking. I'm good at like meeting new people. Well, yeah. I was a pastor's daughter. So um, when most people were being taught not to talk to strangers, my mother was teaching me how to talk to strangers because yeah. that was part of that culture that was expected. Like, yeah, I was to, you know, it's been a weird way to grow up, but it's been lovely. That piece of it transferring totally now, you know, and, you know, also when you're thinking about pulling, you know, deciding to do the podcast, it's like, oh, I'm great at the art of the conversation. I'm great at connecting with people. I'm great at just being genuinely interested in what you have to say. It's not like it's like, like yeah. And, and honestly, going back to the permission piece, giving yourself permission to acknowledge those strengths, you know, yeah. because there's, there's people who grow up never really having gotten the chance maybe to, to be allowed to do that. And so they might hear us talking and being like, oh, they're bragging or, oh, they're doing this and that's okay. You know, it's, it's like, we're allowed to honor what we're good at. We're allowed to, you know, excel at things and to communicate that to others. And, and we're allowed to be proud of ourselves. You know, pride is not a deadly sin. Like it doesn't have to be. And so, um, you know, just giving yourself per permission in that way too, to just acknowledge what you like about yourself, because also that can be part of where the people pleasing comes in. If, if there's really low self-worth, really low self-esteem, of course, you're not going to value your needs over somebody else's because you don't feel like you're worthy of that. So that's really, I think, actually where the work starts. Yeah, I think I define pride as thinking you're good at everything. Right. I think wisdom is knowing what you're good at. Oh, I love that. Right. Like, love that. That's to say, yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, are you, do you think most humans are good at things and bad at things? Yes. 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 Right? We all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses. Right. Totally. So the worst thing is, uh, I've been in this audiobook mode. And when I am getting rid of this book launch, I have to make spreadsheets. And I have to <laughs> I can check my spreadsheet. I mean, I have people, I'm not alone in my spreadsheet. I'm like, I love spreadsheets. <laughs> oh, I'm so terrible. I mean, I'm doing a lot of like, nitty gritty editing work I've got and I've got professional editors I've got all that but it's still just like I have to like go over it I have to check it or I yeah. have to like yeah. you know the final approval and it is so not my strength area it's where I'm just drained I have to like work really hard at it because it's not natural like totally it's just such not my strength area and I can say that as easily as I can say communication and connection is my strength area mm -hmm. both are true 
Right. Totally. And, totally. And I think that wisdom, just like when you're going for a job interview or whatever, it's like, oh, here's what I'm good at. Here's, I don't want to work, you know, in that side of, you know, nobody totally. wants to be bridge. Nobody. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Toxic people think they're good at everything, you know, and this is, there's almost like you see this other side of the coin where it's like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm not good at anything. But really what ends up happening, it's like they, people say they're not good at anything because they want the other person to kind of do the heavy lifting. Right. It's like the fishing for the compliments. It's like, you're allowed to just compliment yourself. You know, you're allowed to, to acknowledge those things that you're good at. And, and I really feel like this is coming back. If any of my clients ever listen to this podcast, they're going to laugh because this is a word I use in every session, um, balance, right? We're balancing between knowing what our strengths are and, and honoring those things and being able to say those things with confidence and not going to that pride territory where it's like, oh, I'm good at everything and, and, you know, kind of becoming arrogant almost. So there's balance there. Going back to people pleasing, there's balance there too between, you know, wanting to honor your own needs and also be flexible to the needs of the people that you care about, right? Because there's going to be times where maybe it's appropriate to do something that is a little inconvenient for you for the sake of somebody else, right? But it's about making that decision consciously and knowing that that's why you're doing it. Like I can decide to help my friend when they're sick, even if it's really inconvenient for me because I value that friendship and that's okay. But if I'm doing it because I'm afraid she's going to get mad at me if I don't, that's a very different way of making that decision. So we want balance between ourselves and others. We want balance in all things, really. Well, I'm going to talk about balance in a controversial somewhat thing. And I'm going to say (laughs) balance and authenticity. Um, because I see some people like fine when they start to get some work in who they are, it's like they become very like, well, I'm not gonna do that. That's not who I am, or you know, this mm. and that's like, well, let's think about communication. If you talk to a three-year-old and a 33-year-old and a 93-year-old the same way, because that's like how you authentically communicate, right? That's like not serving you. That's not strategic. Yeah. That's the three-year-old or the 33-year-old or the 93-year-old. Somebody's going to be disappointed, right? right. Or confused, <laughs> very confused. Right? And so I, uh, as you said that, I was like, you know, cause I see a lot of people in the coaching space and they swing so hard into authenticity that I think people get really stuck in that. And I love yeah. the moments of like, cause sometimes it's appropriate for me to be as this bubbly Sometimes it would be very inappropriate for me to be this bubbly. This is more yeah. of my authentic self. But if someone's talking to me about a hard thing and I'm like, oh, wow, that's awesome. I mean, right. That's it's yeah. authentic, but it's not kind. It's not strategic. It's not in their best interest. It's not being a good communicator. Right. Totally. Well, and especially like in my role as a therapist, right. There's definitely um, a certain, I don't want to say like persona that people associate with therapists, but I have to be professional and neutral and all of that. But I also want to show my personality. And especially because clients, you know, say that they come to me for my personality. Everyone wants someone they can relate to. And so it, it is a fine line between like, authentically, I might be like, oh my gosh, me too. Like that is, I, but it's not about me. Like those sessions are not about me. I can't make them about me. That is not, you know, in my client's best interest. And so it's, it's about 
balancing your authentic self with also having the flexibility to adapt to like whatever situation you're in. I think really the key there comes back to that idea of knowing why you're choosing to act or do a certain thing. You know, if you're, if you're making that decision because you're informed about the situation and that's what the situation calls for, cool. If you're making that decision because again, there's that fear-based element, that anxious element underneath of just like, what's going to happen if I don't, then that's probably not an informed decision you're making. That's a fear-based decision you're making. And the C word choice is the right word, right? If we're doing anything out of like even authenticity, sometimes that becomes like once we kind of get that, it's like we swing from like people pleasing to like my authentic self. And then it's like more kind to find that middle of life. Balance in the middle. (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm choosing to show up in a way that's appropriate to communicate with a three-year-old or a 33-year-old or 93 year old, right? It's just about that choice. I love that you use that word. Um, Well, speaking of your work, why don't you tell people where they can find more about you, Laura? Yes, absolutely. So you can find me at my website, uh, laurascrowlcsw.com. I also got on the Instagram train. And so you can find me there at laurascrowlcsw. Um, I have a private practice in Los Angeles. And so that is where y'all can find me. And she even put the y'all in. She makes (laughs) me I did. I did. That was accidental, but talking to you for this long already has, has already happened. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Laura, thank you so much. You guys check out this stuff on the, in the show notes and thank you for helping us on our journey to becoming toxic. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live, there's tons of support, and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.